Well, I'm trying to get this thing to go up there, but uh, we having trouble. I'm not playing with him. Lose your voice, anyway. So. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, sister. You set yourself up. She is laughing, so. <laughs> I was thinking about it with the baptism being due today that uh, we want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. It's amazing. You all knew that song. So let me uh, begin with a couple of comments. First, that uh, I'm not going to shorten my sermon. In fact, I decided to double it. No, I'm, I'm totally fibbing. I made it short on purpose because I knew we would have a full morning. So I'm going to fly through this. I'm going to ask those who were baptized this morning if they would come and stand at the front at the end. Those of you who are members of the church, you should come up and greet them and congratulate them and praise the Lord with them. So uh, I see, uh, I see uh, Steve here. Where's everybody else? They must be sitting out in their normal spots. Okay, good. You, are, you haven't left us. Good. So come on up. I also have a certificate for you, so I don't want you to get away. Most of the kids have gone downstairs. Um, those of you who are not aware, uh, this last week there was a tragedy in the news, a uh, murder-suicide, that's directly affecting our school because one of the children was ours. And so uh, we're asking for your prayers. I see uh, members of the staff here this morning and from the... Uh, the uh, community where it happened are sitting in our auditorium. So I'd like to take a minute and pray for all of us, if we could, and uh, pray for Brother Kevin. And f let's see, we'll have six pastors on staff on, on hand tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, uh, to be available for kids who are going to be upset and teachers who are going to be upset, and um, rightfully so. So I'd like you to join me in prayer. Mr. Barry, of course, had, to, had a wedding yesterday. His daughter got married. Can you imagine the weekend he's had talking about being ecstatic and being totally grief-stricken at the same time? So let's, uh, let's join together and exercise our priesthood as we pray. Father, <clears throat> my wife reminded me this week of a godly saint who I had the privilege of celebrating her home going this last year, who used to teach scripture to many, 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 reminding us that faith is confidence in the character of God. Lord, we have a lot of people who profess faith in Christ who don't have a lot of confidence in your character. And if there's ever a time to have confidence in your character, it's when the world feels like it's coming apart at the seams. I want to go on record that you're good and that you're sovereign, and ultimately you have control of even the events of our lives in the last week. You are not pleased with those events, and that's what people need to understand. Lord, you are the God who made all that is and pronounced it good. You're the author of life. You're the one who restores life. You're the one who heals what is sick. You're the one that will one day set everything in order the way it's supposed to be. You will restore what mankind rebellingly destroyed. 
And so again this week we see that uh, wandering far from you, ignoring the principles that you have, uh, that the wages of sin are in fact death. But thank you, God, that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to thank you that this precious uh, little girl is with you. Because of the ministry of uh, our school, probably, we give you thanks that somebody was Jesus to this precious kid. And, Lord, that gives us some comfort but not sufficient in the light of what we're going through. I pray for the teachers. I pray for the staff, the pastors, the children uh, this week that your grace would be enough for us, sufficient, and carry us. We ask God for eyes to look into eternity and see just how desperate the days are. We need to buy up the opportunities. And so thank you for those who have entered into life. Thank you for those who will yet enter into life. Help us to be the instruments. For your name's sake, we ask it. And all of God's people said, amen, sort of said. If you're visiting today, there's a little card here. Um, I'll be available at the end of the service. I'd be glad to talk with you, answer questions, pray with you. If you're wondering about uh, the good news and what we're all about, you can fill that in. You can hand it in to one of the ushers. Just leave it in the seat. Somebody will pick it up. Hopefully make sure I get it. Right, class? Somebody will make sure I get it. And uh, I'd be glad to call you and interact with you and uh, help you along. If you do have a Bible or if you want to follow along on the screens, uh, where's the, here's my little gadget that messed us all up. Uh, there's the word. Where did this come from? This old song actually became famous, probably most famous, when Louis Satchmo sang it. Oh, when the saints, remember, go marching in. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's even on video. You can YouTube it. Oh, when the saints go marching in. I think everybody knows it, but some of us aren't necessarily aware. It was 1938 when he made it famous. It became a jazz standard, but was probably older than that. Uh, the Paramount Jubilee Singers were the first ones we knew about uh, that sang it in 1923. Where does this stuff come from? Well, from the scripture. It's talking about that cataclysmic event that's going to happen most assuredly. I was pondering, anybody watch great spiritual movies like Dante's Peak or uh, anybody remember that one? That's an old one now, isn't it? The next one was Volcano. It kind of stank. But anyway, the first one was pretty good. And uh, people, they don't want to believe that something cataclysmic is going to happen. But there's all these signs and evidences that it's going to happen. And then that's what makes a great movie. All of a sudden it happens. This thing that there's been hints about finally comes, and everybody's like, oh, oh, what on earth? We should have seen it coming, like a freight train, because you're watching the movie. You know what's happening, right? Well, the believer is watching the movie, if you will. Here's some of the other uh, verses. Look at this. When the stars fall from the sky. When the stars fall from the sky. Or when the trumpet sounds its call. Lord, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Where does this kind of thing? That comes from passages like this that Jesus taught his disciples. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. By the way, there are other verses that say the stars from, fall from the sky, the moon turns to blood, all of that. There's a whole slew of them. comes out of sections like this in the book of Revelation. 
The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Why? Because they're going to realize they rejected the answer Jesus came and gave us. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. They will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Oh, nice hokey, right? No, their signs, the things that Jesus said would happen before this occurs are happening. It will occur. And everyone will go, whoa, whoever saw that coming? All the saints, they saw it coming. They were watching the movie. Actually, they were reading the book. It's better than the movie, right? It's appropriate on a day that we celebrate new life that um, we want to be in that number. And in your notes, uh, those of you who take notes, if you want to follow along and see that I'm not making this up, the text that I'm using to support our passage today is 570 in this book. It's Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. And uh, here's what it says. Let me put it up. For our citizenship is in heaven. Our political place, actually that's the Greek word, is uh, related to politics, if you will. The place where we live is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. One day, he's coming. Anybody want to say amen to that? Some people, I got to be honest, a lot of people want Jesus to come because they're just fed up. Anybody here feel fed up once in a while? Okay, brothers and sisters, well, the fact that he hasn't come means you need to change your at. No, (laughs) it ain't time yet. Sorry, bad English. It isn't time yet. Sometimes we want to escape. We want things to be easier for us. You know, I don't see a lot of promises like that in the scripture, to be blunt. But I do see a promise that in his time, at the right time, he will appear. And when he does, he's going to transform our body and make it like his. He's going to fit all that is for what is so supposed to be, what is designed for eternity. That's what he's going to do. By the way, just one of the things that weighs on me about that, our citizenship being in heaven, Pretty much, people are often living, spending, planning as though they're going to be here forever. That's not going to happen. Our ultimate citizenship is not here. And if, it, if we're aware of that, if we really believe this to be true, then I shared that last week a little bit. We need to be planning by sending it ahead. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time, effort, where we're putting our life. All the wrong things consume us today. And you know what I've noticed? The more we're consumed with all the wrong things, the more without peace and without joy we are. But he will transform everything. Rather than living for now, the scripture tells us Moses and all those characters in chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews endured seeing the unseen. Uh, If you want, you can see that, oh, somebody wrote in this. (laughs) This is our old hymn book. We don't use it very much because we have everything on the screen. But some of you may know the old song, uh, This is My Father's World. Anybody remember that one? 
It's a very up type of song, but the last verse is relevant today. This is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied, and earth and heaven will be one. He's going to set it all right. In the interest of time, I'm going to skip over the middle passage because that second passage is talking about future reckoning. That one day, when we look at all the nasty things that human beings in rebellion against God, and by the way, make no mistake, that's why human beings do nasty things. It's because we ignore the Lord of glory and the Lord of life, the one who made us, who made everything good. Um, One day, we're hopeful that somebody will set it straight. Right? Well, they will. They will set it straight. And Jesus will return and bring with him judgment, but also his saints. This is a text that talks about that. I don't want to park on it because, well, frankly, we don't have the time to unpack it. But it does say there's going to be a reckoning and a separation between those who have chosen to be in that number and those who have refused to. And those who are in the number will marvel at him. He will come and be glorified with the saints on that day and to be marveled at among all those who believe. Our testimony to you was believed. There will be a day that things will be put straight. Let me go back to that wanting to escape thing. You know what I find fascinating? Some of us have been treated badly because sometimes just because we're believers. It does happen, right? And uh, we could slide into, Lord, get them. But you know what's interesting? In the places where severe persecution has broken out on the planet, which has happened, and it happens around the world. In fact, today, more people are being persecuted and laying down their life for the faith than did in the early centuries, if you're aware of that. They're often praying for their persecutors to come to faith. Why? Because unless I let Jesus pay for my sins, and unless my persecutor lets Jesus pay for his sins, he's going to have to pay for them himself. That stands for everyone. Jesus came dying for the sins of mankind so that we wouldn't have to pay for them ourselves. And those who get the picture of what Jesus was all about, in fact, he said something about pray for those who persecute you, those who despitefully use you. Anybody ever discover that's kind of hard to do? I see at least a few honest people shaking their head, and then there's the rest of you. Okay. It is hard. But you know, there's something transformational about moving in that direction. Transforms my thinking. Justice is coming. All that is wrong will be made right. Jesus who died will be satisfied and earth and heaven will be one. Things will be put back the way it was supposed to be before humanity broke it. But there's one more thing. Thank God for this. And on a day like this, we need to be reminded there is future rejoicing. Philippians, Paul said to his people, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, so stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. He's talking to the Philippians. There's another church he loves that I've been quoting from. Thessalonians. We'll look at a verse there in just a second. But what's interesting is you are my joy and crown. Remember, when we go to see Jesus... 
we who have served him well will receive rewards. Anybody, am I making sense to anybody? Okay, just checking. I know it's warm. It's Memorial Day. Things have not been great lately. But he says, my beloved brethren, you are my joy and my crown. Not what I'm going to get there. You. In fact, here's how he says it to the Thessalonians. Who is our hope or joy or crown of exaltation? What is the reward I want when I stand before the living God and every one of us in this room is going to stand before him? Every one of us. What is my crown? What is my reward? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus as is coming? For you are our glory and joy. That's the problem with serious Christians. They're not content to go to heaven by themselves, as the Puritan writers used to say. They insist on dragging other people with them. And that's what we want to be about. And thank God, there have been some people who have been dragged into the kingdom because of the ministry of your school, because of the ministry of Juana, because some of us witness it, whatever it happens to be. That's our joy and our crown. If I see them gathered around the saints or with the saints around the throne, I'm happy. Don't need a mansion over the hilltop. I don't need it. I'll get one too. That's the fun part. But that's my source of rejoicing. Whenever we've preached on uh, missions in the past, uh, I always have a vision. Why, why do we take seriously giving and praying for God to raise up people and send them across national and international boundaries. Why? Because one day we're going to be in the presence of God and there's going to be this multitude from every tribe, tongue, and nation who will be worshiping the Lord with us. And when we've contributed to helping them get there, that's our crown and our joy. That's our reason for rejoicing, is it not? We still have a task ahead of us, right? Somebody said something about being 50 and trying new things. Ha! Ha! You guys that think it's time for you to retire, it's time to get a degree in Bible and start preaching. Who knows what God might want to do? Man makes his plans, wants to run to Florida, things like that. <laughs> Maybe God has something else in mind. Am I even open that's my question am i open let's stand together i'm going to ask you as we're dismissed i'm going to pray that uh, if you need to talk with us come on up i'm going to ask the candidates who got baptized to come up front make sure you greet them and congratulate them and praise the lord with them okay so let's pray together god we want to thank you that you are the living god and you are a just and righteous god we are sorry that mankind continually, continually seems to be shaking his fist, more aggressively in our culture, shaking their fists in your face. We don't like the way you made us. We don't like creation. We don't like authority. We don't like so many things. But God, you have not fallen off your throne the Bible tells me, as strange as it is, you sit in confidence in the heavens. You even laugh at our foolishness. And you will bring it all to an appropriate end. You will, in fact, bring justice and glorious redemption for those who have cast themselves desperately upon you in faith as the only one who can rescue. So, Lord, today we give you thanks that you've got this.
because we feel weak in the knees and we know we don't have it by ourselves. Help us. Help your saints this coming week. Help us to rejoice in you. Help the little ones who are new in the faith to be strengthened in the inner man by the power of the Holy Spirit. And help those of us who have gotten, if I dare say it, a little dry or bored. Help us to snap out of it by your grace. We'll thank you for helping us. For those who are listening in and aren't sure about this great Savior who is absolutely trustworthy and absolutely changes us from the inside out, give them grace to seek you out because if we seek for you, we shall surely find you if we seek with all our heart. That's your promise, Lord. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. We pray together asking for your angels to accompany your people this week. In his great name we ask it. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Make sure you say congrats to our candidates.